I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome here to a new feature here on the Husker Online YouTube page. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple. Joining you here from HuskerOnline.com. Uh, before I get into the new show, make sure you like, follow, subscribe to us here on the Husker Online YouTube page. But uh, we want to bring you more content, uh, different things than we have been doing here now that we're in the offseason. We've kind of closed the book uh, on a lot of the, the roster and coaching hires that have been made. Uh, we're going to come to you every week with a new show called Husker Headlines with Sean Callahan and Steve Sipple. We're going to go through what we think are just five topical headlines, not only in the Big Ten or with Nebraska, um, around college football. So here we go, Sip. All right. What do you think? I think it's fun. Um, might as well do it. There's always a lot to talk about. Right. We, but off-season is an interesting concept. It, it seems like it never ends to me. All right, let's get to headline number one here on the show. Nebraska mm-hmm. adds Walter Rouse from Stanford this week, Billy Kemp the fourth from Virginia, uh, two high-profile gets. Uh, when you look at the body of work, Walter Rouse played over 2,500 snaps at left tackle, 39 sna- uh, starts. Uh, Billy Kemp the fourth is the fourth leading all-time receiver in Virginia program history in 2020 and 2021. He had back-to-back seasons um, where his reception number would rival the school record at Nebraska. What do you think of these pickups? Well, the first thing I think is Nebraska's done a really good job getting players out of the transfer portal. And I would say particularly on the offensive side, this kind of continues that pattern. And I'm talking about, if you look at, if you would, if you would take the top four, Nebraska's top four players out of the portal, they're probably all on offense. I would say in order, Sims, Rouse, Scott, Kemp, you could do them in any order really, but yeah, I mean, Walter Rouse, now Sean, now a lot of people are going to say, Okay, he's your starting left tackle. Now, I would be a little careful with that. In fact, what I would do is put yourself in the shoes of Teddy Prohaska. You think Teddy Prohaska is just going to say, okay, yeah, you can be the starting left tackle. I'll do whatever. No, I think they could have a nice battle there. Now, they also could play one at one at left tackle, one at right tackle. But I think Nebraska's got to be a little careful. Rule's got to be a little careful not to feed into the fan narrative of, of handing guys jobs. That's not what Mel Tucker did at Michigan State. The reason it worked at Michigan State in 2021 is because Tucker didn't hand guys jobs, and the returning players appreciated that. They had to go win jobs. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, Teddy Prohaska had the shoulder surgery for Nebraska. Yes. Walter Rouse had a shoulder yeah. surgery. Yeah, That's a big injury for an offensive lineman. Uh, I know a longtime offensive line coach in the Power Five now, and he told me when there was a recruit as a lineman that had a shoulder injury, they would steer away from guys because it, it is a tough injury for alignment. So how will those guys come back? We know Rouse is not going to practice this spring. Right. Um, what about Prohaska? Will he be back at a full go mm-hmm. for spring ball? Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be close. I would guess they're not going to rush it. So we may not even see either of these guys very much at all to really get a gauge on the, on the plan for left tackle, right tackle. 
Because then it's like, what what do you do with Turner Corcoran? Mm -hmm. What do you do with Bryce Benhart? Could those guys kick in mm -hmm. a la Zach Stirrup 2015 yeah. Nebraska? move them into a guard role uh -huh. to battle with an Ethan Piper, to battle with a Nuri Nueli. Mm -hmm. Corcoran has played inside. He started last year inside, last season, this season. We'll call it 2022. He started And Ben Hart played a few snaps inside, not very yeah, many. Yeah, what, what coaches have told me is that Ben Hart isn't, isn't a guy you slide inside, that he's not as suited for guard as Corcoran is. So, And then I, I want to get back to Walter Rouse. I don't want to diminish this. This is gigantic. It's a gigantic get for Nebraska. I'm just saying – have these guys got to compete i'm not i just don't think we should be handing guys anything but rouse listen if you were going to ask me sean my guess is he'll be the left tackle starter and in all reality this is what nebraska wanted to do a year ago in the portal on the o-line they couldn't get guys like this last year why they just didn't have the well they fired the coach greg austin and they had that transition and the window of the transition between austin's firing and raiola's hiring mm -hmm. there just wasn't an enough of an infrastructure to kind of go yeah. out and get these transfers like yeah. they did. And let's be honest, the, the situation with Scott Frost, I'm sure made it tough. I mean, I was at the Outland trophy dinner on Thursday night. Nebraska offered Oluwa Timmy at Michigan, the Outland winner and the, the Remington award winner. Uh, but they had no chance because, you know, he, he wanted to go somewhere with an established program. He was a transfer from uh, Virginia, Virginia. And he started his career at air force. Okay. Then left after one year, wasn't a fit for him. Walked on to Virginia became an all-ACC player, then transfers to Michigan, wins the Outland Trophy. First Outland Trophy winner in the program's history at Michigan. Pretty wow. remarkable. Yeah, now, and as far as Billy Kemp goes, it's easy to imagine Billy Kemp. I mean, he had 74 catches at at Virginia in 2021. It's, I'd be, then he was hurt for a lot of 2022, and it was down to 16 catches. But at Nebraska in 2023, I mean, I'd be almost shocked if he didn't catch 50 passes. Uh, I mean, at least 50 passes. Well, his Virginia number in 2021, 2021 would have been one reception off of a school record at Nebraska, which Martin Lucky holds right now still. I think he's 74. Yeah, it is. And Billy Kemp had 73. Okay. Right in that number. So I think it was 75 and 74. So, so it's like one off of that Marlon yeah. Lucky record. So that kind of gives you an idea. I mean, and it is, you wrote this this week that for three straight years now, Nebraska's leading receiver could come from the portal. Mm -hmm. Samore Torre from Montana in 2021, Trey Palmer from LSU in 2022, and potentially now Billy Kemp uh, from Virginia in 2023. There's, there's one statistical element of this that needs to be pointed out. Those Torre and Palmer were clear number one options, right? They were the number one guys. Now, Kemp may be that, but it'll look different because he's, he's not – here, here, here's the bottom line. Trey averaged 19.8 yards per catch. Samari Trey, 19.8 yards per catch, was a, which is a big number. Trey Palmer averaged 14.7 yards per catch. Billy Kemp's a different kind of receiver. He averaged 9.8 yards per catch. He's different. He's more, you know, he seems like a more of a prototypical slot guy. Um, not a typical number one at 5'9", 172, but that said, again, I could see him, I could see a scenario where he leads the team in receptions but not receiving yards. And if you were going on the current roster, you would go with maybe Washington to lead in yards? Perhaps. I mean, Washington is a prototypical outside receiver at six foot two, 190 pounds. Again, I think Kemp will have more receptions. 
I don't know how it's going to look, Sean. And there's also the possibility that they would add another body or two in that room. And what will those guys look like? I don't know that that will happen before January 18th, but the next portal round is May 1 to May 15th after spring ball. And maybe you can get somebody at that point. I think they need one more. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. All right, let's go on to the next headline. Headline number two, Kevin Warren, Big Ten commissioner, is leaving his job to become the president CEO of the Chicago Bears. What does this do for you, Steve Sipple? Is this, uh, we we had this debate. um, Off air. It's it's not for I think it's a fairly significant story. Yeah, you're not as high on it as I'm I never. Am. I'm never all that interested in the commissioner job. I know what they do now. You could come back at me pretty easily and say, "Sip, sip." He's the leader of the second most powerful conference in the country. Okay, um, he just he just managed the conference at a time when it signed a seven year, $7 billion media rights deal. He was the impetus, I guess the commissioners, the impetus to bringing in UCLA and USC to the conference. Yeah. All that it's, it's an administrative role, Sean. That's why I don't get into it too much. I like on field stuff, administrative back room stuff is never all that interesting to me. Let's not forget though, that he pulled the plug on a Big Ten football season, yeah. well, thinking the rest that. of college football was going to follow his expertise, yeah. and nobody else did. Yeah, and that would have been a disaster. That's he, a defining element. I mean that, and I think when people started to look at what was going on in the peer conferences, particularly the SEC, and they were playing games in September, mm-hmm. we had to wait to play football here until like Halloween, mm-hmm. and the financial fallout that caused. Um, you know, people, okay. I mean, it, it, it was, right. I mean, it was a bold decision for him to jump out the way he did. And I feel like his power had kind of been cut down over that period. Well, Sean here's now in defense of Kevin Warren in that period, he had been the commissioner for two months before the pandemic hit. Okay. Two months in office pandemic hits. Now, now you're dealing with something that nobody's ever dealt with. It's this this incredibly uncomfortable novel situation. It got political. Well, yeah, and it did get political, but to, there's no there's no roadmap for how to deal with that. He botched it, but I give there's a level of grace I think you have to give him because it's never happened. It's unprecedented. Well, he came out and said this decision is final. It will not be. Yeah, I know, I know. He did. And, and then he botched it. But again, Sean I, and Nebraska brought him into a courtroom here virtually. Yeah, and took him to court. Mm-hmm. Oh I, yeah. I mean, think about that. Oh, I have thought about it. Glenn Snodgrass, Garrett Snodgrass, all these parents, Gene Benhart. I, mean, I want to make it clear. He botched it. He did. It was terrible. Nebraska took that thing to court. Yeah, it was. And they terrible. weren't ready. I'll never forget that day. Mike Flood, now our congressman, mm-hmm. um, in, in here in the in the second in the first district of Lincoln, mm-hmm. um, in the state, he defended those players and took Kevin Warren to court. Sean, don't you have a level of grace for Warren in that situation though? Though, think about it. Two months in office, a a, 
a global pandemic now is what you have to deal with. I mean, I still it's easy think, for us, Sean. Sean, it is very easy for us to second guess all of that. I still think it was bizarre that fans couldn't go. Yeah, um, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't I, think I'm getting through to you. I still the, think <laughs> like that, like how, why you couldn't have a 20 percent attendance in the stadium. Yeah, and I will say this about you: you were not. It, you're not really second guessing it because you were. I will say this: you were second guessing it in real time. I mean, you were in real time saying, "What are we doing here?" Yeah, I give you credit on that. I didn't know how to deal with it at the time. I, I was just sort of like, uh, this is craziness. Now, he added UCLA and USC, but does he does he get the full credit for that? Are there, Hard you know, to say. And don't forget, Barry Alvarez kind of came in yeah. and became like his football. Here's the thing. On one hand, you can't say he botched the pandemic, his pandemic judgment, his pandemic guide was botched and then not give him i mean take away from his leadership with that and then not give him credit for the good things so yeah you got to give him credit for usc ucla you got the tv deal yeah and a seven year seven billion dollar media rights deal. i mean to get cbs nbc and fox on one deal mm -hmm. i mean it's interesting sean what's interesting is Typically, commissioners don't serve only three years. That's the odd thing. I think the Big Ten job is a better job than the Chicago Bears job. Well, but now, and this is where we also disagree, but I think what he's doing is taking the Bears job with designs on becoming the NFL commissioner. Okay? And you Sean, don't think there's Sean, other people that want that job? Of course. There, you don't think there's other people who want the Big Ten commissioner job? He got that. I mean, Kevin Warren's going to say, if I can be Big Ten commissioner, I can be NFL commissioner. And this is one step toward the, taking the Bears job might be a one. I mean, step Roger toward. Goodell doesn't strike me as a guy that's retiring anytime soon. Well, I mean, he's not going to work there forever. Kevin Warren's got many years left. Yeah, it will it's be 10 years down the road. He's, he's there. I'm going to throw three names out for Big Ten commissioner. And I know one's kind of doesn't make sense. Barry Alvarez. I think he's too no. old. No, he doesn't have the background. Gene Smith, Ohio State. AD, has the background. Or Jim Phillips at the ACC, bring Jim him, Phillips, bring him back. W yeah. Would he come back though, knowing that he was turned down for Kevin Warren? Yeah, he would come back. He'd come back. Well, it's again second most powerful conference in the land, way ahead of ACC. I don't know what where Jim Phillips is contractually. People, some people are going to say, why? Why do you say Barry Alvarez's credentials don't fit and Gene Smith's do? Barry, I think of Barry more as a football coach. Doesn't have a a, a deep administrative background. He. I mean, he was the AD at Wisconsin for years. Smith's been a pure administrator. Um, I just don't think of Barry as a commissioner, a commissioner. There'll be a lot of people that want that job. Yeah, and Barry's in his 70s. I mean, he's I don't think he wants to take on that that big That's job. True. He, I, don't, I mean, he's got a nice six-figure, whatever, maybe more than that gig now with the Big Ten. I'm sure he's just fine with that role. Yeah. Yeah, Gene Smith's very, very – I mean, Gene Smith makes sense, but I think Jim Phillips makes more sense than anybody. Now, homework for you. On the Council of Chancellor and Presidents, who represents Nebraska now? Is is it still Ronnie Green, or would Ted Carter assume that spot? Because those are the people, the representative for Nebraska, which would be Ronnie Green, mm -hmm. um, that make the decision or at least are in the meeting for the next commissioner hire. Yeah, I don't know how they do that. If, they, if there's an interim Ronnie's finishing out the year, right? Sean, that's homework. I don't know that. I don't have that answer. Are, he announced his, he's finishing. He's he's not immediately done. He works for an, a certain period of time going forward, up to a year, I think. Not that like the Nebraska commissioner 
chancellor is going to have a huge voice on this thing, but like nope. th- we get a representative from Nebraska yeah. and I would assume it still be Ronnie green on these meetings, but it may Homework. not work. You got, you got a project there. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, headline number three. Matt Rule has finalized his coaching staff. What intrigues you the most about these 10 Matt Rule hires? Marcus Satterfield, the offensive coordinator, especially in the wake of his comments last week about a pro-style offense that's going to huddle, that that in his his sort of huddle, not sort of, he, he says he's on a huddle crusade, <laughs> which is very, I like it, I love it as an old school football person i love the sound of it i love the sound of an offense that's going to take into account the weather conditions which tom osborne did (laughs) i I know people don't like it when you bring that up but tom always would talk about that that we have to run this certain style of ground-oriented offense because the weather gets gets can get a little rough in in later in the season i love to hear these coaches talking about that um satterfield comes from south carolina where he wasn't really popular this is a chance for satterfield to kind of not rejuvenate but i don't know if he needs to rejuvenate his career but he came under a pretty heavy fire at south carolina so let's see what he's got i'm really interested i was even more interested after hearing him well what I would think you with, say Sean? with spencer rattler there too i mean i'm sure he was a little restricted in what he could do and how he could use spencer rattler i mean mm-hmm. spencer rattler probably came there to be used a certain way they weren't going to let him run and probably not I mean, he, he could run, but you saw him against Nebraska, like ran out of bounds. Yeah, he's not really a runner. Like he, he he avoided to get a first down and ran out of bounds that Oklahoma-Nebraska game in 2021. So yeah, he's not really a runner. I, I'm intri- I'm intrigued with Bob Wager. I really like this. Okay, why? Because it's out of the box in a good way. Hmm. Um, when you watch, I think it was the Fort Worth Star-Telegram did like this all-access Bob Wager video and you see him, you know, kind of behind the scenes with his family, with his football team in Texas, what he's accomplished there. I mean, this guy's made to be a leader of young men. Like his qualifications, he won 200 games in Texas high school football. Um, you know, he, he's he's a phenomenal coach that is worthy of this opportunity. He's like, got coach tied in. Like how many of recent position coaches, like, and previous staffs could just go to Texas high school football and win 200 games in Dallas. Huh, that's a good point, Sean. I mean, not very many, I don't think. 17 straight playoff appearances at Arlington Martin. 17 straight playoff appearances. You're right. That's a good point. Like it, it's just you think about some of the assistants we've had in this program. Could Bruce Reed go down to Texas and win? Two? Well, I don't want to single anybody. You out. know, I'm just saying. Like think of hires that have been in this program. Just random guys that have made a lot of money mm-hmm. that have failed here. Mm-hmm. What he accomplished in Dallas at that level, the consistency, mm-hmm. and then when you see what he's all about, the total package, and you know, it's in some ways it does remind you of what Osborne used to do when he hired coaches. He would go out and hire successful high school coaches to be at Nebraska because they knew how to develop and recruit and relate to young men. Yep. Milt Tenemper was at McCook. Yep. Good um, point. Dan Young yep. was at Westside. Yep. Cletus Fisher was at Omaha South. And those guys were young guys back and, then. 
that was like the Osborne. I mean, and you don't see that model replicated because it's hard to find. But I think a Texas high school football coach now is a guy that would be ready uh, for that. And Frank tried to emulate that a little bit. I mean, Jimmy Burrow, he brought in as a GA. Um, but McLaughlin, was it Dan McLaughlin? Dan McLaughlin. He went from Miller West, state championship head coach, to GA, mm -hmm. to Wayne State head coach. Yeah. Um, so Frank tried to emulate some of those moves. Um but I think a guy from Dallas at the highest level of Texas high school football, Arlington, 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 Martin. Texas. Um, no doubt, Sean. Uh, and Garrett, on. Hey, Garrett McGuire too. We got to, I mean, well, hold on. I mean, go back. Well, Garrett McGuire fits this too. He's hiring guys from Texas. There's another reason, obviously, because they're recruiting connections. He wants to recruit Texas. Those guys have built in connections. It makes a lot of sense. And, you know, Garrett McGuire, our um, colleague at On3, J.D. Bacall on the On3 National YouTube channel, I don't know if you know this, Sip, he played for Matt Rule at Baylor, and he was a teammate of Garrett McGuire. Whoa, what, really? And Column. Yeah. Um, and he said that Garrett McGuire was one of the most respected guys in the locker room. He goes, he wasn't a – I'm not saying he was a walk-on there. He goes, and not in like a Rudy, Johnny Tryhard type of way. And just the way he carried himself, the way he went about his business – Every player to a man respected that guy in the Baylor locker room. So um, he must have some, he must have a lot factor. of substance to get hired as a full time assistant at age 23. So you need to cook up with JD Pacquel. Okay. Gotcha. It's homework project number yeah, two. Yeah, that's a lot of homework. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, let's get on headline number four. And we, we should ask Parker Gabriel on this, but Jim Harbaugh, Looking at the Denver Broncos, maybe the NFL, multiple jobs are talking to Jim Harbaugh. If Jim Harbaugh leaves Michigan, what is the next move for the Wolverines? That's a good question. I mean, first of all, what's happened here is the Broncos virtually interviewed Harbaugh yesterday. Um, so Wednesday, they there was a virtual interview. And Harbaugh, what Parker Gabriel of the Denver Post is saying is that Harbaugh would have David Shaw, the former Stanford coach, as his OC as his offensive coordinator, quite a package, right? Quite a high power package. If it's Harbaugh and David Shaw leading the Broncos with Russ Wilson, the struggling Russ Wilson, but nonetheless, uh, a quarterback, a very high profile quarterback. Now, as far as what Michigan does, Sean, that is a, that's, that is an incredibly, I'd say complex question. It is a incredibly important question for the, the league for institution and the big 10. What do you do? I don't know. I, I guess if I were Ward Manual, I would take a big swing at some guys who aren't coaching right now, like maybe Bob Stoops or maybe Chris Peterson, guys who aren't coaching. They're in TV now, but have proven themselves at a super high level at, at, at the Power Five level. Um, or if it, if not them, then you know what? I'm probably going to P.J. Fleck or Brett Bielema. That they have the style that would fit Michigan, but it's a tricky thing. I don't know because, about PJ Fleck. Well, that's the thing. Michigan's sort of a tricky job because there's a lot of people that don't fit it. You can't put Lane Kiffin in Michigan. Well, they tried Rich Rodriguez. Didn't there. work. Didn't fit. Bad fit. And and no, you need a certain like Brady Hoke was a Michigan man, off, offensive lineman. He fit. 
didn't work There's out. There's a certain level of class, prestige. Yeah. I mean, when you, you can't go just to stick Michigan, anybody in there. You know, you got to wear a it's a collared shirt country club. You know, it's it's nice. Yeah, you know, but mm -hmm. they have a physical edge to them as well. And certain person has Jim Harbaugh. By the way, was perfect for it. I mean, he played quarterback there. Yeah, he was perfect. Yeah, I think about that. Like, where do you? Because where do you go? I I do think um, who Wisconsin hired um I'm like in a. Uh, uh, fickle luke fickle luke fickle would have been on that list yeah he he, he looked and, good at, at michigan and they kind of in wisconsin and you know for all we know nebraska was talking to fickle too because yeah fickle's an ohio state guy i don't think that God, matt rule would have been a pretty good pick for michigan absolutely i mean like so in, another column idea yeah rule would have like fit Treb jumped the line here on this i mean let's face it if you're michigan and you're trying to okay so what's what's happening with michigan the last two years sean beating the playoff i mean disappointments in the playoff you're trying to go one more notch up. Do you at least give Urban Meyer a look? Ugh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just think that <laughs> the reaction probably said that it rivalry of those two programs, and then well, you just said Fickle, Sean. You just said Fickle. He's an Ohio State guy. Urban Meyer. My read was he was pushed out of Ohio. You can't State. on one hand say Fickle, and then on the next say, well, Urban's an Ohio yeah, State guy. Yeah, Urban though more for what happened, like the Zach Smith yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah. like. Go back to that moment in time when he got ambushed at the Big Ten conference. Well, then, then media days when, when, when Urban got ambushed by the reporter about Zach Smith. I, yeah, there's that all that. Okay, Sean, there's all that. We all know the history of Urban Meyer, Florida, Rocky, Rocky at Ohio, Jacksonville, State, Rocky at Jacksonville. But the fact remains, there is one coach, for instance, when we were having the Nebraska discussion, there was one coach where you just agreed that if he came to Nebraska, that it would be good almost instantly. There was one, Urban Meyer. Okay. Now, do you apply that to Michigan? You might. Wild card name, Kyle Whittingham. Uh, he's 63. Otherwise, I'd like it. Another wild, This isn't a wild card. I'm going to give you another name, James Franklin. He would leave. Well, I mean – He's had three eleven win seasons, but has he topped out at Penn State? Um, I would, I mean, James Franklin would fit. He could do it. He fits the profile, style of play, way he manages a program, the way he presents himself. He'd fit there. Now, you like you said, maybe a lateral move, but I don't know. I better recruiting it, footprint because it's so hard to get to state college. Okay. I mean, but, but you could also argue that Sean, I don't know. Be careful with that. I mean, Penn State has probably 13 feeder high schools in, in the state of Pennsylvania. Well, and you could also say they're four hours away or three hours away from New York, DC, all these Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. Like there's kids that can get there within three or four hours in a car. Mm. Where for Nebraska, I mean, we just have Kansas City and Des Moines. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of three or four hour driving yeah. um football hotbed places. Sean, of all our headlines, the Harbaugh possibility of leaving to the NFL coupled with what happens at Michigan is to me the most, it's the most interesting sports story going right now. The possibility of Harbaugh and David Shaw with Russ Wilson in the NFL coupled with, wow, there's a Michigan vacancy now and how that could impact the rest of the big 10. If, if Bielema would go or Fleck would go, I mean, it's amazing or Franklin. Yeah. It's a, it, the impact the, the ripple effect is enormous. It's, well, it's if, not ripples, they're waves. And if um, Franklin would leave Penn State, Rule would have been a guy for Penn State too, obviously. Ah, good point. God, that's a good point. That You know what? If Franklin goes, it's almost good. I knock on wood. I think it might be good timing for Nebraska because Rule's not jumping now. 
I mean, right? Well, no, no. And I, he can't, he couldn't do that, could he? He couldn't say, okay, Penn State opened. I didn't know it was going to open. I'm sorry, Nebraska. Uh, but I got to go to Penn State. Would that that can't happen, right? I the buyout and the no. But you know, Sean Fitz, who works for On Three Blue White Illustrated, mm-hmm. really plugged in. At, we we talked about this over some DMs. And he's like, "There's a group of older, you know, at Nebraska, we call them the Tradition Coalition, the old school yeah, yeah. fans that really like Matt Rule and would want Matt Rule at Penn State someday." So I know, like, that's why I say it's good timing because now they can't get him now. Now, what if it was a two years down the road, Sean, that would concern you, right? I mean, that would be a concern, but not right now. I'd probably not a concern. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N ads.com. All right, let's close on this. Headline number five, Nebraska basketball at Purdue Friday night. They played the same game a year ago on a Friday night. It was like Derek Walker picked up two fouls in the first minute of the game practically, and it was a disaster. Uh, I don't think Nebraska is going to catch Purdue off guard this time when they were in PBA back in December, and Nebraska almost pulled that upset. I just have a hard time thinking the Huskers are going to be poised for an upset in West Lafayette. Well, the reason we're talking about it is because Nebraska – it comes off a jolting loss, a 26-point loss to Illinois on its home floor in front of a big crowd. Nebraska Nebraska fans, it's they're behind this team. They Nebraska, like Fred. Nebraska fans want Fred to succeed. Now, now, it's, it could get a little uncomfortable here in the next few weeks because they lose by 26 to Illinois, and now they have this rugged stretch of schedule. Where they're going, they they go to Purdue. They come back to play Ohio State. They go on the road to Penn State. They have to go on the road to Maryland. You're, it it could get out of. You can't if you're Fred. You can't let this get away from you. You know, it's twenty conference games, right? Yeah, it's twenty. Now the schedule does ease up late, so you got to weather this stretch and not let it get away from you. Don't let it. Don't lose five in a row here. Because then it gets a little rough. I mean, Fred's a he's eleven and fifty-one in the Big Ten, Sean. That's his record. Eleven and fifty. If he could get them to just play day two of the Big Ten tournament, that would be a success, in my opinion. Five hundred record. I mean, well, because the the bottom four play that right. That, that's what everybody says. The yeah. bu- the bunny bracket day. Yeah. And- I get it. I mean, it's an amazing conversation that what we're talking about in year four of Fred Hoiberg is please just get it to where you don't get us have out to of play. the bunny bracket. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 the expectations are incredibly low, which I find a little bit unfortunate. Yeah, I just I don't get because okay, look at Kansas State. Yeah, I mean, they hired Jerome Tang, an assistant coach at Baylor. Mm-hmm. And they're they're in the top ten. They're like fifteen and one. Yep. In their first year, it's Kansas State, it's like, Manhattan, Kansas. There's no, there's no, there's no. You can't say, well, Sip, Nebraska doesn't have any tradition. Lincoln's hard to recruit to. Come on, come on. Is Ames in Manhattan? Ames, Iowa, Manhattan. Ames, Iowa State's in the top twenty-five or has been the top twenty-five. The rest has got a better arena. Yeah, they got a better NIL practice structure. facility infrastructure. NIL, NIL structure. Yeah, there's no no there's no excuses. But again. And I share this. Fred's popular. I mean, I don't want to say popular, but they people want Fred to succeed. He's got he gets a lot of grace, and I understand why he comports himself 
he fits like in well pro. on the here. Fits well, comports himself like a professional all the time. Um, uh, Sean, I like Fred. I think he's a great guy, great, uh, great person and representative of Nebraska. But he's got to win. <laughs> Eleven and fifty-one in the Big Ten. Come on. I mean, that's, you can't, that's and, not going to work. You know, his initial recepi that he went all in on the Abdelmasse plan was a disaster. Well, and it here's brought what, talent here, but it didn't work. The secondary conversation, Sean, is not good, which is okay. It looks like best case scenario seems like bubble NCAA or NIT. That's best case scenario. None of these players back, none of your key guys back, but one or two of them. One or two guys back. Greasel, Walker, Vandermill. Gone, 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 gone. gone. I mean, you just have two. You're going to roll over the roster once again. And is that, that's been his formula. And a lot of people that, again, that's a secondary conversation, but it's in the back of people's mind right now. Well, and it's kind of, go back to Tim Miles. It's why he got fired. I mean, his, yeah. his team had that little run in his final year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, but they knew everybody knew they lost all those guys, yeah. and that, I think that weighed into why Moose made his decision. And I still never understood back to the Miles era, like why, like Moose just never got behind him. Well, you understand it to a point. He wasn't Moose's guy, right? Like Moose wasn't even going to the games. He's like, I don't attend games. Yeah. Well, he didn't say that. He went to some games. I, know, but- I a lot of it that just comes down to he's not he's not Moose's. I mean. He wasn't Moose's guy. Now Moose called Dana Altman, right? I mean, he went after Dana when the job was open. When the job, when Miles was fired, there's absolutely there was contact between Moose and Altman camp, absolutely. Um, but there was a lot of see, Sean, again revisionist history. The Frost Hoiberg hires were both regarded as home runs, home runs. I mean, it was people. I mean, the lesson we take from it, again, in hindsight, the lesson, though, is that neither of them really had a style that was conducive to the Big Ten. There were smart coaches telling me that out of the gate. Simple. Hoiberg's not a good hire. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? It's a home run. This is a great hire. No, style doesn't fit. His best year now is year four when he's not playing the style that he used when he came here. They, he switched. He he turned up the to a junkyard dog style. Yeah, where they where they lean hard on their defense, um, offense dive not, on the floor. Right, right. It's he 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 flipped everything. He hired Adam Barnes to to coach defense and flip the the culture and flip the way they play. They're not playing the way they played when he came here. They're using big men. Um, their best player is a big man, um, Walker, and you know they recruited Blaze Keita. Uh, if Keita were healthy, you'd see a lot of Walker and Keita on the floor together. Probably Keita's not healthy though. So yeah, it's it's a fascinating, it's an interesting, it's an interesting situation right now with Nebraska men's basketball, but it's a little uncomfortable. All right, well that wraps it up here for the first edition of Husker on Headline Husker Online Headlines on the Husker that? Online YouTube channel. Uh, give us your comments below. Uh, give us your feedback. What did you like about the show? We're going to try to bring this to you every week. Is the plan. Um, make sure you like and follow and subscribe to us as well on the Husker online YouTube page. And if you're not a member of huskeronline.com, get over there. We've got a great deal. Uh, $29.99 gets you full access from now until August 31st, the start of the football season. That's huskeronline.com. For Steve Sipple, I'm Sean Callahan.